This pastor was stood at the front of his church. And you will not believe what happened next. Brother. Oh God, because joy has come. It is almost unbelievable that someone would have the nerve to do this in the middle of his sermon. Someone so holy, 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 and yet it happens. Seriously? <laughs> wow. Why don't you do that when John's preaching? It just... I'm 90% sure that this is fake, but I'll let you decide. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Uh, uh, we've come to know love. Uh, God is love. Sometimes it's not the congregation who disrupts the service, but it's the pastor himself. Hey, 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 don't, don't, don't you lay your head back. I, I'm, I'm important. I'm somebody. Now, you might do your English teacher that way, but I'm not teaching English. I'm teaching eternal life here. I love you. You know I love you. Have I convinced you I love you? Stay awake and you listen to me. You say, well, he may never come back. Well, he ain't here now. And where have you been, Mr. Underwood? And I noticed on the calendar I'm supposed to marry y'all. What makes you think I'd marry you? You're one of the sorriest church members I have. You're not worth 15 cents. And you want me to marry you to her? And you want to marry him? And he don't even know where he belongs? And you don't even know where you belong? Now, uh, let me tell y'all, everybody here, how much I love these kids. Do you know I love you, sir? Stand up, big boy. Do you know I love you? All right. All right, give me a little love. I'm a real deal. Even though I believe that that last pastor misused the pulpit, I'm not sure that this next guy was necessarily wrong. Hey, sir. What you talking over here? Hey! What you talking? I'm talking to you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. I'm preaching. On a lighter note now, you've got to admit to me that this preacher handled the situation incredibly well. I hate bologna sandwiches, and the guy beside said, Look at this, Todd. You gotta get something you can depend on. There's a backup. Thank you. Hecklers are usually rare, but this man interrupted the church service to tell the preacher he must repent. Quiet place, thank you. Oh God! 
I'm going to read to here in a moment. God bless you. And in Jesus' name, Thank you, Jesus. you need to close that door and repent of your sin. You have Thank left you, your wife. You have left your children. God loves you enough, sir, to tell you the truth. I wish this was caught on tape, but my own experience of being interrupted whilst preaching is crazier than all of the ones I've just shown you. I was just 25 years old and I was preaching in my local church when I saw a suspicious man enter into the building. Apparently what had happened earlier that day is our friend was at the local grocery store when this man had approached her and said, excuse me, what religion are you? And she told him that she was a Christian. Now our friend being a zealous young believer thought, this is a great opportunity, perhaps I can lead this man to the Lord Jesus Christ. And she said, you know what, we're actually going to a church tonight at 6pm. You're very welcome to join us if you want to. And then the man said, I think you are beautiful. So then our friend realised, oh, that's why he approached me, and quickly ended the conversation and went home. Later that night, I'm preaching, and who should enter into the building but that man? He walks straight up to our friend who is sat next to an old Christian woman, and he says to the old Christian woman, excuse me, move up. Come on, move up, I want to sit next to this young, beautiful woman. Now, everyone knows you do not mess with an old Christian woman. And so this old lady said, go away, no, get lost, go away, leave her alone. With her fingertips hovering over her handbag. The man got the message, backed off and went and sat at the very back of the church. So here I am preaching and I'm thinking, well, maybe the Lord can do something wonderful here. Maybe this man can actually get saved. But I was very wrong. At the very pinnacle of my message, this man came forward to the front of the church and said rather loudly, if you want marriage, here's my number. And then threw a piece of paper at our friend and then left the building. So, over to you. When was the last time you saw a church service interrupted by someone proposing to another person? Well, I promise you, I'm not telling any lies. That really happened to me. But why do I tell you that story? And why did I show you those clips earlier on? I did it because of this. Whether there are big interruptions in church or whether your mind just starts to wander onto different things, know this, we have an enemy and he is trying to stop the word of God from being preached. The Bible says, a sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. Do you see? Your heart is like a garden, and some people have looked after their garden so that when that seed, which represents the word of God, comes in, it can grow and bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. But other people, their heart is harder than concrete. The ground is so firm that no seed will ever enter inside of it. So let's ask, the obvious question here. What went wrong? Well, as the scripture says, it was a trampled ground. So let me ask you another question now. Who's been walking in your garden? Because did you know, every time you see something, every time you hear something, that enters into your heart. And whatever has been going into your heart, whatever's been walking through your heart, will eventually have an impact on your garden. So if you've had a lot of foot traffic, with a lot of wrong sinful things, is it any wonder that your heart is really solid ground? 
But did you know this? They recently did a study and they claim that anyone who's got a device in front of them or a screen, the average concentration span for that person is just 40 seconds. You want proof of it? I can guarantee that there are people now watching this video who've already read all of the comments section. There are people watching this video with another tab open, ready to watch something else straight after. Your mind has wandered. Perhaps there's a load of people now who won't even hear me saying this because they've clicked off the video already and some people won't even stick around to the end. But am I judging you for that? No, because I myself have become a product of my own environment and I too know that my concentration span has eroded from years and years of spending time on the internet and social media. Am I the only one who's finding themselves more forgetful than usual? For instance, I'll walk into a room and then I'll think, why did I enter into this room in the first place? Am I the only one who, you know, I am forgetting more things. For instance, I went to a church service just a couple of weeks ago and I forgot my sermon notes. And I'm not one of these evangelists who can just preach from thin air. I need to prepare. So here I am in the middle of the hymns writing out a message. Am I the only one who is wasting quite literally hours on these apps just scrolling on all this kind of nonsense while eternity draws near? Am I the only one who sheds tears over fictitious content, things that never Never happened and yet my heart can remain cold to the people in need on my very street. Whether you like it or not, these little smartphones have been a mighty tool in the enemy's hand. He's used them to, as I said, erode our concentration span so we can't even concentrate on prayer for more than a couple of minutes. He's used it to make us not be able to focus on the Word of God and when you go to church, he's used it so many times to distract you. So can I raise a rather sensitive subject right now. I want to challenge you. If you do go to a church, which I hope you do, I hope there's a good local church in your area. Can I challenge you to leave your smartphone in your pocket for the whole of the service? But Joe, I use my phone for the Bible app. You might, and maybe you're someone who can concentrate and you're fine with that. But I know a whole host of people, I'm not blind, the preachers aren't blind, who actually spend much of the service pretending they're on the Bible app, but they're scrolling through Instagram. I don't mean to sound like a dinosaur or a dated preacher, but know this, Christians for 2,000 years have managed just fine with a physical book, the Bible in their hands. So why can't we, as Christians in the 21st century, take a leaf out of their book? After all, people show far more respect when you're in a movie house, in a cinema, than when we're in the house of God. If you open up your smartphone and start scrolling in the cinema, I promise you someone will say, excuse me, turn that off, I'm trying to watch this movie. Even when you sit down with your friends for a meal, they'll say, excuse me, can I not have a bit of your attention? Can you just put that away for a second? And yet when a preacher is teaching us the very oracles of God, we seem to tolerate it and have little respect for that. When that is far more precious than anything else. But what do you think? What else do you think hardens the ground? Well, the answer is sin. And sin makes room for more sin and has a hardening effect on our hearts, making us less receptive to the message of the gospel. In fact, sometimes a man or woman's heart can be so full of sin that the very hearing of the gospel can make them even harder and even less receptive. Just like the same sun melts butter but hardens clay, so the same gospel can either melt a man's heart and draw him closer to the Saviour, or harden it and push him further into rebellion. 
Are you imagining this right now? Here we have this very hard ground and is all the enemy has to do is send out his invisible birds and they will spot these loose gospel grains. They'll come down, they'll swoop, they'll take them away before those grains take root in a person's heart. After all, what good is the gospel if it remains outside of you and never reaches inside of the heart? So friends, what am I trying to hammer home here? I'm trying to say that we should all pray away these birds, that we might spot these birds of the air and pray that the Lord God would keep them away from our hearts. Whether it's a big interruption in a church service, or whether it's a quarrel that we keep playing over our mind when we should be listening to the message, or whether it's just an entertaining video when in front of you is a gospel video that you know you should watch. Whatever it is right now, let us pray that these birds would be sent away and that we might be able to focus, concentrate on the Word of God, that God might be able to plant a gospel seed and bury it deep within our hearts, that we might reap a beautiful harvest when we reach heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here is the reason why I get out of bed every single morning, because something exciting, I believe, is about to happen. Every week, I stand on the streets for this same reason. Every week, I make videos for this same reason, because I believe right now there is someone listening who has never received a gospel seed in their heart. And right now, I'm about to tell you the gospel, and it's between you and the Lord, whether that seed will be buried deep into your heart, and you'll get saved. So what is the gospel? Well, it goes like this. You and I are sinners. We've done wrong. We've messed up. We've all got shameful things in our past. If we put the Ten Commandments before us, if we're honest, every single one of us would have broken them all. Whether we've hated people or whether we've lied, whether we've had unfaithful eyes, we've all broken the Ten Commandments and we stand before God condemned. We know that we deserve to be condemned forever in a place of utter darkness, a place where there is weeping and wailing, a place that I hope no man, no woman will ever go, a place where there is a lake of fire. But God, because he is rich in mercy, because his heart overflows in grace, he did something because he loves us. He sent his only begotten son, the precious darling of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ had a spirit. He still has a spirit, but his spirit stepped into a body to be the saviour of all flesh. Because you and I, we've got a skin, we've got a flesh. Well, Christ himself took on a skin and a flesh and he lived amongst us. He fed the poor, he healed the sick, he taught amazing things. But what did this world do to him? They put him on a cross, a Roman cross at Calvary. And there the Lord Jesus Christ had nails through his hands and his feet, a crown of thorns smashed into his skull, his beard was plucked out. There he died on that cross, not because he'd done anything wrong, because as I said, you and I are condemned, we have so many sins. And on the cross there was a great transfer that happened. All of our sins, all of those rotten things that you've done, that I've done, all of it was placed on Jesus Christ. And all of the best things of the Lord Jesus Christ can be given to us as a gift. So the rottenness of us went to Christ. The best of Christ can be given to us. And there on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ took the anger, the wrath of God in our place. He stood in the gap so that we could be forgiven. It should have been you on that cross. It should have been me on that cross. It should have been me and you who should have taken this judgment. But Jesus said, no, I'll die for them. 
He died. He paid the price with his own blood. His blood was shed so that it can wash away all of our sins, wash them whiter than snow so we're totally clean in God's eyes. And then the Lord Jesus Christ was buried. He was put in a tomb and one day went by, there was stillness. He was dead. Two days went by, there was stillness. He was still dead. And then on the third day, the Lord Jesus Christ burst free from the grave, triumphant over death. He'd conquered it. He'd done the impossible thing, proving that he really was the Son of God, the only one who can forgive sinners. And that is why I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died, who was buried, and he rose from the dead. And right now, he holds out his hands and says, if you want salvation, if you want to be forgiven, if you want eternal life, is all you have to do is come to me and I'll save you. It's not about being a good boy or a good girl. It's not about doing works to try and please God. No, is all you have to do is say, I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I repent. I change my mind and stop trusting in all the things I've once trusted in. And I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, my savior. So I'm asking you right now, if you've never heard that before, or if that gospel seed has never gone deep into your heart, I'm asking you right now to respond to this message and receive this Lord Jesus because as I've said is all you have to do is come to him now and say Lord God have mercy on me save me I'm a sinner and I promise you the God who hears all things will save you just like that you'll have a place in heaven for all of eternity and I hope this very day you'll accept that place and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior you probably noticed that I mentioned the enemy a lot in this video, but did you know there are some facts that most people don't know about him? If you want to know these facts, click this video right away.